Hi, this is Bailey Curry. Dallin Bestwick here. Brennan Gaunt here, former driver number 62. This is Gary Owen from the Going YouTube channel. Hi, I'm Rafael Sard. Quick Pick Podcast. It's not that tough. Connor, Ethan, Quick Pick Podcast. You're listening to it. Everybody tune in. Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan, joined as always by Connor. We are live today in my basement. We've got about 10 diecasts sitting here on the table for Connor to play with throughout. So look for those sounds and try and guess which one is making which. But uh, yeah, it's good to be back. We have a, a polarizing race yeah. to discuss from this weekend. I think Connor and I disagree on, on the quality of it. But how are you doing today, Connor? Doing good. Glad to be back in person here um, in Ethan's basement. But I mean, I think our schedules are a little bit more freed up um, over the next couple of weeks. So we're going to try and do this hopefully every week. Um, we'll have to see. We have a good interview coming in the second segment, which will be over on Zoom. Um, but you'll hear it right away. So Yeah, Parker Retzlaff, amazing yeah. run in the Xfinity Series. Top 10, second career start. He's qualified in the top 10 in both of his starts this year. He also was up in the top 10 at Phoenix, but I think. Had mechanical issues, but 18 years old, another iRacing driver, mm-hmm. driving for Ryan Sieg, and he was really, really impressive. I think if they didn't have pit road problems, like on every pit stop, because that was like an open team, basically, and so they had to just cobble together a crew, and so he lost a dozen spots every time they came to pit road. If that doesn't happen, I think you see him up in the top five. He, he passed a ton of cars and still finished in the top ten. Yeah, he's coming out of nowhere, but... Before we get any farther, let's go give a shout out to our sponsors here. Uh, first off, before we do that, I do want to say we are back on Instagram you know, fully now. Um, lost the account, couldn't get it back for a while, was doing different things, trying to get it back. We finally got it back, so go check it out. Just Quick Pit Podcast should be one of the first searches there over on Instagram. But our first, use our promo code QUICKPIT, all capitals, no spaces, on Circle B Diecast, Plan B Sales. To get any order twenty dollars or more to get free shipping back to your house. Um, go get you any type of gear die cast, which you have seen next to us. Get this nice Alex Bowman die cast. This uh, this is a cool one. I, I'm surprised they made the, this mac and cheese truck. It's pretty neat. This uh, Chase Elliott, you can't see it, but I'm showing them off to Connor. But go get all your die cast. Most of last year's die casts are in at this point, so fill out. I've been slowly picking up the ones I wanted from last year. Looking forward to Dover in a couple weeks to see if I can snag a couple more. But, uh, yeah, go check them out. Uh, Anytime you use our code, it helps us out a bit as well. We can use the points we get from you using that code to possibly do some giveaways in the future or just, you know, line my shelves with more (laughs) diecast. And our other partner that we want to highlight is, as always, Washington on the Daily on Instagram. Chase Young was at the track this weekend, uh, defensive end for the Washington Commanders. Star defensive end, best in the East, Connor, uh, for the Commanders. But, you know, it, it's good to see It's good to see the cross-promotion look like Elliot or Elliot, uh, Chase Young was having fun. Uh, I think it was due to a partnership with Ashok because I, I'm pretty sure Young is yeah. uh, partnered with Ashok as well, and Ashok was on the car for Elliot. But still, cool to see the some NFL stars coming out to the races, 
So go check out Washington on the Daily on Instagram. That's at WSH on the Daily for all your Commanders news. News. It's a great, great Instagram account with all the information you could ever want for the team. And then just, as of course, stick around for the third segment where Eric will go over fantasy this week. Um, oh, as always, we can't wait for that as he uh, will help you guys get your fantasy going as we're kind of officially into the season now and uh, I'm still not in first place. <laughs> anyway. As we look at the standings right now, the top six, Eric in sixth. No, you're in first. Oh, I am in first. You're in first. Oh. Uh, Connor is in first by 17 points. I mean, the, the, the top six in points are separated by like under – but. Just over 70 points. It's really, really close. I mean, I I could technically, probably not, it would probably take me like two weeks, but uh, like whoever's in sixth with it, which is Eric, I believe, yeah, he's at uh, 1,123, Connor's at 1,197. I mean, Eric could, in theory, if a bunch of people have a bad race, jump to first this week. You never know. Yeah. it's, It's close. And also, Connor just found out that my mom has been competing. Uh, in, in our fantasy league, the plan originally was to try and have her beat him and then reveal at the end, but we decided to tell him early. But still, you've got you've got some new uh, competition. She's coming fast despite missing a couple weeks. Yeah, uh, just hoping to beat her, and I'll feel okay about myself if not. Uh, get would you rather back. lose to me or to her? Neither, um, <laughs> but if I had to say one, I would probably rather lose to you because, you know, moving on, um, we'll move on here to the top 10 at Richmond in what I think was a bad race, Ethan think it was an okay race, but uh, we'll talk about that here after the top 10, but starting off in 10th place, Austin Dillon, another top 10 in the 10th place finishing spot, uh, seems to always sneak in there at the end, started 25th, and this is his third top 10 on the year, and just, again, sneaks right inside the top 10. He passed Chase Briscoe with a few laps to go there to sneak in um, to the top 10 as the uh, top three were battling, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. But a 10th place finish for Austin Dillon. Coming home in ninth place is Kyle Busch. Probably could have had a top five if not for a penalty that NASCAR forgot to call for over 200 laps. Mm-hmm. They put it on, I think, at the end of at their first pit stop in stage two, put uh, tape designed to be put on the brake ducts um, on the grill. That is a no-no now for, for the new next-gen car. Took NASCAR 200 laps. They call it with about 50 to go. He has to come down to pit road, which everyone kind of got confused and thought that was his normal stop. And so he pulled pretty much the whole field on that strategy onto pit road. So he didn't lose too much ground in that respect, but he still uh, was probably worthy of a top five finish if not for that for that penalty. So Still gets a top 10, but probably not what he was looking for. It, it just pulled him in to pretty much just do a short pit, um, really. I mean, he, he just was a little early on the cycle there, on the last green flag cycle. Couldn't, which doing so, kind of put him back towards the backside of the top 10. If he that penalty doesn't happen, he probably gets a top 5. But, um, I mean, it is, you can't do that. But, I mean, it is on Astro, like, if you're going to call it, if at that point, it's over 200 laps later, you might as well just let it slide. But... NASCAR not only things slide this year as we've uh, seen so far. Coming home in eighth, my guy Alex Bowman in the 48 car uh, for HMS. Started 28th, um, had a really bad qualifying run, got loose on his qualifying lap. Started deep in the field, 
was one of the fastest cars at certain parts of the race, but just couldn't track position with everything. And um, I mean, he just was battling the first two stages to get up there. Finished 11th in stage two, which uh, gave him that opportunity to get up front. Um, but the restarts that are at Richmond are really hectic. So really couldn't get inside the top five, but um, had a good long run car there. Was one of the last ones to pit, which helped in the f closing laps to get inside the top 10 and then uh, kept Kyle Busch off and he uh, finished in the eighth place finishing spot. So three top 10s in a row and four top 10s in the season for Alex Bowman. Coming on in seventh is Ryan Blaney, who led a large part of the early start, early parts of the race one stage one, in fact, and ended up leading the most laps with 128 uh, at what he's kind of admitted to being his worst track on the schedule. So he got the pole, led a bunch of laps, won a stage, got a top 10. I, I think that's a very good day for Ryan Blaney at Richmond. So uh, good run for him. Yeah, when it's coming, you're going to keep running good and a win will uh, fall into place there for that 12 team. Uh, a good run for Ryan Blaney. He's he's noticed us on Instagram too, so shout out to him. Coming home in sixth place, Christopher Bell, twenty car. Uh, Gibbs guys, Gibbs boys were fast this weekend. They're always fast at Richmond. That's kind of uh, the HMS Dover tandem with Gibbs at Richmond. Um, and he was up front pretty much all day. Started ninth and uh, comes just outside the top five in the sixth place finishing spot. Coming home in fifth is the five car of Kyle Larson. Uh, first top ten in a, or top, but yeah, first good finish in a couple of weeks because he's really struggled. I mean, that team has three DNFs on the year already. Mm -hmm. And so even though they had that win at Auto Club, Kyle Larson has not been uh, very good at, uh, so far this season. So good run for him. Didn't lead any laps. Uh, the, the booth kind of tabbed him as the, the guy who could sneak up and steal the win, but ended up being someone else. But, you know, still a, a good run, a needed run for Kyle Larson. So it, it's nice to see him back in the top five. Yeah, and he came from mid-pack two in the 21st finish, uh, starting spot. Not a great qualifying team either so far this year. A little bit a little bit surprising for Larson after that great year last year. But everybody's running the next-gen car. So I, this might start something good for uh, that five team. Coming home in fourth, the 19 car, Martin Trucks Jr., one of the other Gibbs drivers that, you know, Gibbs was just good. He was up front most of the day and uh, finishes right there inside the top five in the fourth place finishing spot. He won a stage as well. Coming home in third is William Byron, the top finishing Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports. Started second, finished third, led 122 laps, was leading right up until the end when Denny Hamlin caught him. Ultimately, his strategy was not the correct one, and he came just short of winning his second race of the year, becoming the first driver to win multiple races. Connor, we're up to we're up to seven for seven, and you know, it's maybe it's time to start asking the question that seems to be asked every year: Will we get sixteen winners? Maybe maybe we can do that in a couple weeks. Um, maybe try and get uh, get a guest on one of our podcast friends on and see if we can. Uh, shake that down as a group, but we'll, we'll do something about that soon. I don't think we're quite at the point, uh, especially because I feel like the next two or three races are all races that you could. That there are a lot of guys who have won already; they're good at as well. So I wouldn't be shocked if we leave Talladega with Denny Hamlin celebrating his third win, or William Byron celebrating his second. You know, mm -hmm. we could easily. We're, we're getting to the point where there will will probably be uh, some double up winners, but. Right now, it's looking good to, to possibly have more than 16 winners before the playoffs. Yeah, I hope the drivers already have wins. I'm hoping for another and go get some bunch of points. Um, 
But yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in a few, hopefully in a few weeks here with uh, some of our good friends and other podcasts. But then as uh, Kevin Harvick finished uh, second in the four car, just a little bit short, just didn't have enough for Denny Hamlin. He got by, they both got by William Byron there at the end and just really couldn't get to him. But I mean, he's been struggling for the, he's on 50 plus some races without a win. And uh, I think this is a good step in the right direction for the four team and Kevin Harvick. Just get a good solid run and uh, get out of there. But Ethan, your guy, Shifty Dennis. As soon as you start talking bad at him, somebody sneaks away and wins. Uh, Ethan, go ahead. Yeah, so about that, I'm sorry, everyone, for because uh, uh, cause I was pretty critical of him last week, and uh, <laughs> look where that got us. So, in fact, uh, Connor, you saw this. It's still up. We're in our basement. Uh, in our basement, we have a, I, I don't know what you call it, one of those signs that has where you can poke the letters into it. It's a whole bag of plastic letters, and you can make a whole bunch of different words with it. So in honor of the race, and Connor came over to watch it with me, I had Shifty Dennis is a hack on the board, and he goes and wins. So next week, we're going to say that about uh, Chase Elliott and see if we can uh, reverse psychology. Or or Alex Bowman, that that would be a good one to do next week. Alex Bowman, uh, luck him into a win. But, you know, Denny, for all the uh, complaining, and granted, let's... I will say he hasn't been very loud about this. For all the complaining about drivers lucking into wins and backing into wins, he only led five laps. Yeah, in no, this race. By my words, all the slack Bowman's gotten from backing into wins, he's led more than five laps. Um, <laughs> he literally and like led the last like four laps, and he ran out. I don't know, but he, he only got forty points. I mean, yeah, most he, of the top ten got more points than he did. Yeah, he, he didn't finish in the top 10 in any stages and just backed into a win, but he won't admit it. But, I mean... I mean, it was a brilliant strategy call, both him and Harvick, and I wish the Fox booth had done a better job noticing that, but apparently over the last green flag, green flag cycle, he made up over a lap. He was a lap down when he came out from his last pit stop, and he won the race. So, you know, that that is nothing to sneeze at. That's very impressive. Um... And, and that is partially, as we transition into the, the, the overall quality of the race, that's partially why I would argue that it was a decent race. I think if you bill it as a short track, you expect it to race like Martinsville and Bristol. I, I was kind of saying, thinking the same thing going in. It's like, if you don't expect it to be Martinsville or Bristol, and just watch it for how it races, right? And, and with Richmond, we know what we're going to get. You're going to get side-by-side racing. You're going to get some passing. But you're also going to get some pretty dominating performances. I mean, most of the, like, the most dominating in terms of percentage of laps led in a race, the most, some of the most dominating performances in NASCAR history have come at Richmond. I mean, Brad Keselowski, I think in 2014 comes to mind, where he led like 395 laps out of 400. And so you're going to get... You're going to get guys up front for a long period of time. You're not going to get many lead changes. But, I mean, there were comers and goers all race. I mean, Alex Bowman struggled for the early part of the race, got a top 10. You had guys like Ross Chastain who ran the top 10 all day long and then faded back to... Oh, shoot, where he finished? 19th. So, I think you're, you're not going to have the drama that you get at Bristol and Martinsville. 
But in terms of the strategy it produces, I think this is one race that it would be interesting. I think stage, taking stage racing away might hurt it. In fact, I think the stages kind of helped um, because you're able to compare, okay, what did this guy do for strategy in the first stage compared to the second compared to the third? Overall, I don't think it was a great race, but I'm not saying it was bad either. Uh, it was it was literally if you took last year copied that race they just pieced it right there it is the same exact race as last year except they didn't have a late rate late race caution which made it worse than last year but you had a natural dramatic finish you had two cautions two cautions one for incident and Kurt Busch you know Four laps in had that mechanical issue. I think there were three three natural cautions. Okay, three natural cautions. Some in small, and you had yeah three a, natural cautions. You had more green flag pit stops than you did combined with all the other races this year, and yeah. it is it is literally the same exact strategy. People were saying it's 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 okay. It was good enough because of the strategy, but when the strategy's been the same thing for years now, we're getting bored of it. It's the same thing. I mean, with Pocono last year on the second half of the doubleheader, they had the gas strategy on, um, but that had never happened at, before at Pocono like it did. Well, this, it had happened. The, I think, you know, you don't often, especially with stage racing and just the nature of how, how all this works, you don't, and even just how the stages are formatted, that it doesn't allow for long green flag runs where you have multiple pit stops and like different ways you can split up the stage because you can go a hundred something laps on fuel at Richmond Mm -hmm. and nobody tried to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. There's because of how long the fuel run is compared to the tire fall off. There's lots of different ways you can play it. And so I think that that does make Richmond unique. It's not necessarily exciting. It's like, Hmm. What's a, what's a good analogy? It's like a a low-scoring football game where the defenses are playing well. Okay. It's not you're not getting the the amazing runs, you're not getting the the tight passes, the exciting touchdowns, whatever. You're getting, you know, it, it's it's a little messy, it's a little sloppy. It's not exciting in that sense, but it's also cool to see a different side of the racing that we don't often see. Because you're not going to get something like that at a mile and a half. You're not going to get that at Bristol or Martinsville because there's so, the incidents naturally happen there, and so you're not going to get long green flag runs. So I personally did not mind it. I, I think I've appreciated it more since the race ended. I think it was a little too long, honestly. Uh, 400 laps at that track is a bit much. But overall, it, it's... a Slightly on the good side of Matt. Yeah, I just I'm not a guy that likes the like I don't like when races get just it's the same thing like with the same strategy as last year. I just feel like I mean it it was okay. I mean I didn't like it, so that's kind of my opinion on the race. But I mean there's other tracks I feel like are more willing to more worthy of getting an extra race or. Even brand new tracks and you take Richmond off. I think there's just better options out there for NASCAR. I mean, the backstretch stands, I know it's like empty with Toyota, so I'm kind of going into like one and two. They were virtually empty. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's not a huge, great market for NASCAR. It's, there's other things and the racing's meh. Like, it's like, 
I, I don't I don't really like Richmond. I mean, Bowman won there two years ago. You, you think I would love it because he won. It's just it's not it's not fun to watch really. It gets really boring really quickly. And as you said, it was long. It was like, all right, can this race just be over now? Almost. Um, I mean, Fox made it even worse. Oh goodness! They had a terrible broadcast this week and. We're after, we're gonna have to get to, we're gonna have to give that a whole segment at some point here soon. We have an interview coming up in the next segment. Feels like we have to revisit that every couple of week, every yeah. couple of months. Yeah, because they just make it worse than we ever thought they could make it. And I mean, they, whew, one out of ten at best for them. I, they were bad. I feel like it's. I know you don't watch F one, but like the F one broadcast is top notch. Like the production quality for that. And then going to to Fox and they have a singing watermelon seed. It's a little tough. It's a little tough, and and you wonder why the the young, what is it, eighteen to forty nine age demographic NASCAR is struggling in right now. You wonder why, mm-hmm. because I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in watching Coco Melon before the NASCAR race. <laughs> yeah, and another thing, like I just give the whole schedule to NBC first off, but another thing, or CBS, CBS with with Bestwick. Yeah, how many ads? About that stupid new football program, a league that's gonna flop in the first week. Are we gonna see when they won't show NASCAR ads at Talladega or Bristol Dirt? They won't show that anywhere outside the NASCAR race. But during the NASCAR race, they'll show this new football premiere ad every every end of commercial. They'll show it every commercial almost. It We've is. We've got this week NASCAR's one of their best tracks on a Saturday night. Under the lights, primetime television. If Fox is not advertising it during their, during their whatever their their sports show, I mean they advertise fishing during mm-hmm. NASCAR races. Mm-hmm. Why can't they advertise NASCAR on other? Okay, this new broadcast deal is coming in a couple years. I think what NASCAR needs to do is say, look, guys, you need to advertise this on when it's not racing events. Mm-hmm. Two, you need to cross promote for each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when it's just like the NFL does, like during NFL games, they're like later this weekend, and they're like NFL sponsored ads, mm-hmm. and so it, it doesn't matter what network is showing them. The NFL mandates that they show it during their broadcast. It says, "Hey, tune in for Monday Night Football on ESPN, even if it's Fox that you're watching for that game." They're saying, tune in for Monday Night Football. Tune in for Sunday Night Football tonight between these two teams. It's coming up later. And therefore, everyone who's watching knows it's going on. Not just people who are watching the race on Fox. Of course we know there's a race this weekend. Mm -hmm. It's just, I mean, they've just, they're not promoting the sport how they should be. And, I mean, we can talk about the commentators all we want with, I mean. Mike Joy is amazing. Mike Joy's good. I mean, I, like, it's it's at least you can deal with it at points. But I mean, other other like the Clint Boyer got carried by Jeff Gordon last year. Now that we kind of see Clint, Clint Boyer and Jeff Gordon were a good combination. I don't think they had good chemistry. Clint, they need, yeah, they need someone more technical, someone not as goofy in the booth, mm-hmm. like Chad Knauss. Chad Knauss did okay this week. Yeah, and. I mean, the Danica experience was off, awful. And if, Ethan, if you say one more F1 quote that you bring up F1 in this podcast, I might just have to start calling you Danica. Look, we're <laughs> a racing podcast, Connor. 
We're not. We weren't talk. We're not talking about F one right now. Yes, but it was relevant to the conversation. Mm, okay. I'll let it <laughs> I guess Danica could make the same argument yeah. about her her IndyCar references. Yeah. <laughs> um. But I mean, yeah, Fox is a whole nother conversation. We'll have to put that in, a, in another segment here shortly. But us, uh, I mean, yikes. Yikes is right now. Um. Speaking of yikes, let's talk about Haley Beacon mm-hmm. now. Uh, she's been getting stalked recently, which is uh, awful to hear. Um, the the female star in the truck series, I think, I will say, I think she's getting better. She's just had bad luck. Posted a video uh, uh, Monday afternoon, Monday evening with her boyfriend um, talking about so the Freedom 500, which I'm sure most of you have heard, that's a Cletus McFarland thing. He bought a racetrack. Alex Bowman has done it. Kurt Busch has done it. Yeah. I think Parker Kligerman, so, some other high caliber. It's a pretty big event. Um, she has done it in the past. She had to drop out because of a stalker being threatened. Um, the rundown from what I've gathered is that someone was catfishing um, this guy. Yeah, I under under her name so leading this guy to think that he was talking and like in a relationship with Haley which well, obviously he wasn't I watched the video I came up on my feed and I was like oh what's this I mean I, and I, they uh, they said it was more of at Chase her boyfriend than it was at Haley with uh, that apparently uh, they thought Chase was abusing Haley and they were Thinking Chase was this bad guy, and Chase was the one getting threatened. And um, I mean, I, I totally agree with what they did. It's terrible. They shouldn't. No one should have to go through this. Any nobody. Everything um, in this situation is awful. The person who decided to impersonate Haley and trick this guy is a, a, a douchebag of the first degree. Mm-hmm. And the guy who decides that he's going to try and he threatened to kill Chase because of mm-hmm. uh, these quote allegations which are not true, is also, that is going way too far. It's just a rotten situation, and, you know, Haley said in the video, too, like, she's dealt with a lot of stalkers in the past, which is just, like, kind of, it's also very concerning. She's pretty much, she's the only relevant female driver in NASCAR, which... In a male-dominated sport. In a male-dominated sport, male-dominated fan base, so it's sad what what can happen what people can do and you know obviously if you're listening don't try it <laughs> yeah just i mean use your head guys if someone's trying to catfish you just use your head and i mean i i, I we hope nothing we hope they kind of this kind of fizzles out and they come to end it this way that police get involved or whatnot hopefully everybody's safe but just um very scary situation there uh for Haley deacon and her family but um yeah, everybody stay safe. Yes, and, and don't get caught. If 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 she's texting you, if she, air quotes, is texting you and you're watching her race on the track, it probably isn't Haley Deegan. Or, just keep that in mind. Or, or, or in general. Blue, blue verified check mark. They'll all, have, they'll all be verified. Don't, <laughs> yeah, don't. Or, or just do some common sense. Is Haley Deegan really going to fall for someone that she's never met? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just use common sense. Uh, and hopefully, we all hope that it uh, things improve and that situation gets resolved quickly and that she's safe, uh, her and Chase, uh, her boyfriend, are safe as well. 
the other winner in the Xfinity Series this weekend. Uh, Ty Gibbs, let's move on. <laughs> Ty Gibbs wins uh, Xfinity Race. Boring. Xfinity Race had no natural cautions. Um, which is fine. I Like I said, that's Richmond. Mm-hmm. And if you accept it for what it is, and you accept, okay, this is not going to be an action-packed race, you're going to watch it for side-by-side racing, for strategy, for endurance, because that thing sure looks like it's an endurance. It looks exhausting to race that track. Um, but anyway, Xfinity race, no questions. Ty Gibbs wins it over John Hunter Nemechek. And uh, what were your thoughts on that last lap move? Honestly, in my so, so with about five to go or so, Nemechek catches Gibbs the leader, works on him a couple laps, makes the pass mm-hmm. cleanly, no contact. Then uh, Gibbs comes back, rides his bumper for two laps, trying to bump him out of the way. And finally, when he fails at doing a simple bump and run for like four straight corners, he decides he's just going to dive bomb and door slam John Hunter right out of the way to grab the win. So, we have we have this guy that's going, you know, racing the trucks here, trying to win a championship, and he's had a ton, has a ton of experience racing all three levels. And then we have this young kid who... Like, barely looks like he's able to, has a license. And he flies through ARCA, dominates that last year, and raced a couple races in Xfinity and absolutely, like, won almost every single one of them. And comes up this year full-time in the 54 car, and he already won a race this year. So you have a guy that's an independent driver who's not there to get any points, it's just there to get a win, um, versus Gibbs, who that win will matter, give him playoff points for the playoffs and Xfinity Series. And... I just really think that if you got passed cleanly a couple handful laps before and it's your teammate, your teammate, you need to, you can't just send it in there and body slam them. It's more, make them, if you need to use the bumper a little bit, make them methodical. It's, I'll call Richard a short track, like a bump and run, but don't absolutely rough them up and throw them up the racetrack and side slam them and all that stuff. Just make a normal pass. I mean, it's your teammate and he just passed you. Yes, the race is on the line but it's at the point where he's faster, he passed you cleanly. If you want to pass him for the win, yes, you can rough him up but don't just body slam him up and, you know, use him all up. Like, that's what you do if you're going against another team. Like, this is, this is your team. Like, that's your, that's your teammate right next to you and he, he raced you fairly. I think you needed to race him fairly but he's young and Hope we learn from it. I, I could see people going with both sides of it. Um, I mean, he's going for the win, but it's also like, yeah. I don't like how he did it. Yeah, and, and of course, you know, he's untouchable. Ty is untouchable. I mean, he's not getting fired mm-hmm. from Joe Gibbs' race. He's the owner's grandson. He's going to be the one that's getting other drivers fired from Joe Gibbs' exactly. race. Exactly. And so, you know, the, there's a point to this is like, can John Hunter get him back? Mm-hmm. No, he can't. If he gets him back, if, if there's an altercation, if there's a problem between John Hunter and Ty Gibbs, Ty Gibbs is not the one who will lose his ride. And John Hunter is trying to rebuild his career, mm-hmm. and you know he has to keep his nose clean. Ty Gibbs has run into people pretty much like half of the races this year. Which, I will say, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And someone who races hard doesn't care... That is needed. You know, we yeah, need... He's also going to get one coming from him soon if he keeps oh, yeah. up. Oh, <laughs> and, and that Noah Gregson. And that 
will be a great day when it happens, and I'm looking forward to someone paying him back. I cannot wait for Noah Gregson to throw the right into his baby face. <laughs> I can picture it right now. Noah Gregson roughs him up, gets the win. Might happen last next time. week. We've got Martinsville. Oh, yeah, gets the win. Ty Gibbs comes to confront him on pit road. He shoves him, and Noah winds it up and throws the right hand right across the cheek. I, I could see it happening, but... I mean, yeah, um, un- untouchable Gibbs there with a family connection, just like Austin Dillon with mm-hmm. RCR. Untouchable Gibbs? Yeah, that's what we're going to call him from now on. See, I think, you know, it, it's it's amazing how quickly so many people have hated, started hating on Ty Gibbs. I mean, he's had everything handed to him. I will say, he's a good race car driver. He's got three wins this year. He's also in good equipment, and there, I think there was, I think there should have been better, I think there should be other drivers I should have got a chance before he did, but... Who? As family connection. Who? I mean, you seen the guy that's coming up in the interview? I mean, he... he oh, come on, Connor. You can't say... Uh, yes, yes, yes. Not yet. Not yet. It's, not it's, yet. it's an example to show how there's these guys out here that no one... No one knew who he... Perspectively, nobody knew who he was before the season. Nobody has ever heard of his name before the season. And yet he's... If you listen for the interview, you'll know who he is. Yeah, as... as you know, <laughs> But I mean, it's it's like he's he's gonna get he's yes he's ahead of everybody in great equipment. At some point, it's gonna catch up to him. He's flying through the series. At some point, it's gonna hit him that there's guys that are gonna beat you weekly. And I yes, he's a good race car driver. I just there it's there's just some guys I feel like have been through it all more and have maybe deserved it over him at least for another year. Give him another year in ARCA. Like he just like he's why. I'm he, just trying to he say. He won the ARCA championship if, two months before the season ended. If, okay, whatever. But if the, I'm just saying, you need the, the most more rides he can drive, like the more races he can drive, the benefit for him. And it's just, I mean, yes, he's ready for the exchange series, maybe, but I. Do you, if you're Joe Gibbs racing, and Ty continues to dominate this year? Absolutely not. He's going to the Cup Series. He can't. He is not. You can't just have a guy go from ARCA. If he wins ten races in the championship, it, it doesn't. And, it, I mean, maybe you don't force an opening for him. It doesn't. You don't. You don't kick Hamlin or Truex off the team if they don't want to. It, it does. But if Truex retires or Hamlin decides to go to twenty three eleven or Kyle Busch is like, forget it, I'm not racing these cars anymore, and goes to IndyCar and whatever, <laughs> or whatever happens, if one of like if there if an opening. If a seat at Joe Gibbs comes open, you're not putting Brandon Jones in that car. You're not putting John Hunter Nemechek in that car. You're putting Ty Gibbs in that race car, and you have a 20-year-old who has no idea, who's not mature. Yes, he's gonna. He will get in that race car because it's just his grandfather is the owner of that company. He's gonna get in that race car. And he's gonna be the next Kyle Busch. Yeah, but he is gonna be terrible for a couple years. I guarantee that if he gets in, yes, he's going to get in if the ride's open up because that's just that's how it's going to work with the family connection. But I guarantee you, he is going to be flat out awful at least his rookie season because he's going into a brand new car with the best drivers in the world, and he is going to he's going to be awful. He's currently beating some of the best drivers in the world. I mean, you, you do realize that even he's gonna have to beat 
the, the Xfinity Series to Cup Series is a big jump. It is from the guys that are young and up and coming to the guys that know everything about the sport. Okay. The most experienced drivers, you can turn this 20-year-old kid and some of the best equipment to go race the front. Someone's going to dump him. Oh, yeah. He's going to do something stupid. He's going to dump him. And he but just he's also going to win races. Uh, no, I don't, he's not going to win races. If, if, if he's in the Cup Series next year, in our playoff predictions, would you put him in the playoffs? Absolutely. Absolutely not. Because, okay, this is, let me preface this by saying this is not an attack on Alex Bowman, but if you looked primarily, I mean, Alex Bowman, incredibly good NASCAR driver, Mm -hmm. one of the best in the Cup Series right now, Mm -hmm. he didn't, he was okay in the Xfinity Series. Ross Chastain, you look at his, he wasn't in the best car in the Xfinity Series. The best equipment in the Xfinity Series. You look at Ross Chastain, 2020, one of the one of the best teams in the Xfinity Series, can't win a race. Comes to the Cup Series two years later, I would put him in... Different team. Different team. Different team. Yeah. Different team. Different in team. In equipment that's new worse. Car, different team. New car. Everybody's trying to figure it out. It's all equal. Keep going. You can't. My point is, is that you look at his stats... I've got him up on my computer right now. He has seven Xfinity Series wins in 25 starts. Because he's in the best equipment in the Xfinity Series where guys are also don't want to wreck their cars with low-budget teams. And you're going to go up to... If he moves up to the Cup Series, those guys won't... They will wreck him going for the win. They don't care what he a 20-year-old thinks. Yeah, he's, he's going to get wrecked going for the win he's too, gonna, but he's, he's going to have that, every time yellow, that bumper, yellow bumper. That yellow bumper is going to stick out like a sore thumb. And he is going to be all four. I guarantee it. I don't even know if he'll get a top five or get a stage win. He is going to be awful. Every every time that that happens, he will mature and get better, though. I don't like him. You're, I, you're I am eagerly anticipating booing him every race we go to as soon as he goes to the Cup Series. I mean... You're going to put a 16-year-old midget in a car <laughs> where he will be barely be able to see out through the windshield... <laughs> With the best drivers in the world around him, and he's going to make a mistake. They're going to dump him. Then he will, people will rough him up going into a random turn, turn a hundred of the race, and he is going to be bad, 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 bad. He won't know what he's driving, and he'll be in the wall. I guarantee you, he'll probably have 10 DNFs plus. You're saying so, he's not going to be able to adapt to the car. He won his first ever Xfinity race last year. His first career Xfinity start. I can't believe I'm defending Ty Gibbs. On a road course. So what? It's a road <laughs> course. Everybody knows how to drive road courses. It's You didn't have the best drivers there. I mean, the you also have a more dense field with better drivers throughout the like throughout the top the 40. Like, the Xfinity drivers, there's cars that are just trying to... They're starting parts. There's, there's just cars that are trying to get... Do the race to get their money and leave. They're not trying to get top tens or whatnot. A top twenty might be good, great, like a win for them. So I, we can't. It's going to go on forever. But I guarantee you, if he moves into the Cup Series this year, after this year, he is going to be B A D, bad. <laughs> I don't know why you have to spell bad out, but okay, we're pushing forty minutes on this segment. So I think we should move to our our Parker Retzlaff interview. 
so unless you have anything else to any other wrong opinions about Ty, Ty Gibbs. No, we're okay, Danica. Hey, I did not reference it anymore, this segment. So Well, you get that for calling my opinions bad. Let's move Hold on. on. Let's move on. You're the one who decides. Why are you the one that decides that the opinions are good? Because I have... I'm oh, because I'm, I'm you the are older. always right. I'm the older one here. I get to make... I get to make the responsible decisions. By two months. I get to make the responsible decisions. I'll be the one driving us to all the races this year. So moving on to the second segment uh, for a great interview. With Parker Redslap, that's coming up next on the Quick Fit Podcast. Welcome back to the Quick Pit Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan, joined as always by Connor. And this week we have another very special guest on the program. Fresh off of his top 10 at the Xfinity Series race at Richmond this past weekend, Parker Retzloff joins the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you guys? And uh, it's definitely, it was definitely a fun weekend. And uh, and I'm hoping to keep the momentum going into this weekend. Uh, we're doing good. The, um Glad you are as well. So as I just referenced this past weekend, you finished top 10 at Richmond in the Xfinity Series and only your second career start in that series. Uh, after a few days, are you surprised with your performance? Can you like believe it yet? Just talk us through the whole race weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I still very happy. So good to get my name out there and have it be start to, you know, try and get my name out there and get bigger and bigger and uh Hopefully it keeps going better and better every week. But I mean, the weekend didn't start out very well. I've never been to Richmond and I, in practice, we struggled a little bit and I, I wasn't very good in practice, just not knowing the track and how bad it burns up tires. I just, by the time I learned the track, we were, we were really, we weren't good. We didn't look good on the speed charts at all, but in qualifying, I, I came out and we qualified 10th and I knew we had something to build off of there. Like since we qualified sixth the week uh, or the race before I did at Phoenix, I knew that we had something to build off of. So early in the stages of the race, I just like rode and just saved tires because I knew it was going to be the, that was going to be the big goal to uh, move up at the end of the race was to make sure you had tires left. And so I fell back to like 15th or something early in the race and made it up to seventh stage one. And then did almost the exact same thing and fell back a couple spots in the beginning of stage two and made it up to 10th. And then we had a bit of an issue on pit road and I got, uh, I got a penalty and so we had to go to the end of the longest line. And then it was a battle from there to finish 10th. When, when were you first introduced to racing and how did you get your career kind of started when you were younger? So I used to go to the races every weekend, just the dirt races. And I, uh, I actually grew up next to the world championship off-road races, which would have been the first races I went to, but, uh, it's just, I really liked it and I used to go watch it every weekend. So I decided to do it as something to spend time with my family and, uh, everyone. And I ended up, um, just starting at seven in a little sprint car. And then I moved up to a bandolero and then to some full size stuff on dirt and asphalt. And it's just kept going bigger and bigger every year. And, and then I did some late model stock stuff and 
Then I did ARCA the last two years, and then this year is the first year in the Xfinity stuff. Um, alongside running races in the Xfinity series and ARCA, your, your other uh, real-life racing, you're also the, the driver of the sixth car for RFK Racing in the, the Coca-Cola iRacing series. What's that series like, and, and how do you think um, that, that's helped your career? Do you think iRacing can be a legitimate path to uh, NASCAR National Series racing? Yeah, there's definitely iris is getting bigger every year. It's a, it's just like real life. Everyone who wants to compete at the top level has to put in the time, and you're not gonna get. It's not gonna be easy to get there. So there's been lots of time for me to make the e NASCAR stuff, and now it's getting harder since I'm trying to do both of them at the same time and compete at the top level. Both of them, it's it's getting a little bit harder, and I don't have as much time for myself and all that. But it's all fun and. It's definitely something iRacing can be used to train even drivers that are still doing it right now or even drivers trying to just get into the sport. So, you know, no, 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 no NASCAR fan had really heard of your name before uh, this season or even before Phoenix. When you qualified in the sixth, uh, in sixth place in your first race in your Xfinity start, what was, what's it like to be, latest come out of nowhere type driver that you know fans have never really heard before before phoenix yeah i mean it was definitely interesting i didn't know what because i've never been to phoenix either or an xfinity car for when i got to phoenix and we only had 20 minutes of practice so i wanted to just go qualify top 20 and just uh, have a good day and then we ended up qualifying sixth and the, day, the race didn't go how it went but i kind of had something to build off of at least of knowing that we did have the speed and I could qualify up there. And then I think we proved that this weekend. Uh, what's your favorite car that you've driven in the favorite track that you've raced at other than Richmond, of course. Uh, I think, I think right now it would be the Arca car at Dover, but I think that I really like Dover. I really like Bristol. So I think that when I go to both those places, the Xfinity car, that it'll probably end up being the Xfinity car at uh, both those places. What is your favorite pre-race hobby um, or ritual, favorite pre-race or post-race snack as well? Um, I, I don't really know. I'm really, I really like goldfish and uh, that's probably the one thing, goldfish. What, what's your plans for the remainder of the season? How many more races are you going to run? And also what's your plans for your career in general? What's the ultimate goal for, for you in racing? Uh, we have eight more races right now on the schedule. So um, my plan is to try and keep running top 10 every week would be definitely be the biggest goal and just try and finish the season out strong. But hopefully we can end up adding more races if we keep more people on board. So I'm hoping that we can end up with more than 10 races this year. But right now it is, I have eight more races. Uh, and then the ultimate goal would be just to make it the cup if I can in the next couple of years. What, what races are, are I, of course, you're doing Martinsville this weekend, which we'll talk about with one of our other questions in a few minutes, but what other races are, are you planning on going to? We have uh, Dover would be the next one after Martinsville and then Nashville and Pocono and uh, holy Bristol, the, the championship race at Phoenix. I can't remember all of them. I uh, Kansas. There's, there's a, just, just, some, just a mess of races, just every track to try and get better if we end up running a full-time season next year, just to make sure I'm, uh, I know everywhere that I'm going or every track that I'm going to.
we're going to be at Pocono for that weekend. So maybe we'll, we'll get to watch your race there. Um, Connor, you got the next question. If you could go back and attend any race in NASCAR history, what race would you want to go to and why? Uh, holy, I'm not sure. Probably just uh, one of the, the Bristol races back in the day. I, I like Bristol. I like the whole short track thing. I'm, I'm not sure a specific race, but definitely something at a short track or just I feel like they are it's always good racing. There's a little bit of contact, but it's always good, good and fun. You've got Martinsville this weekend. What are you looking forward to with that race? And what are your expectations for, for the race on Friday night? I mean, I think my expectations, I think, are just to build off this weekend. If we can go finish top 10 again or even better, it's it's definitely the goal. But I think our goal is just for the rest of the season, it's just going to finish finish top 15 to top 10 and just try and get better every week and learn as much as we can. So we have three questions here, this or that type questions. Um, and the first one is, would you rather race the next gen six or the next gen? Uh, I, I'm a really big fan of the new next gen car. I went, I went to Daytona and watched it. And then when I seen it at both Phoenix and Richmond, I'm a really big fan of that car. So I think the next gen car. Second one here, and I, I think we know what you're going to say, but would you rather race on Bristol or Martinsville? Uh, I think Bristol, I, but I, it could change because I've never been to Martinsville, so I don't, really don't have a a good like basis on it right now. So right now it would be Bristol. Cut in here. Um, would you want to try Bristol Dirt? Do you think that's a, a legitimate short track, or, or is that kind of somewhere in the middle? What, what, what are your thoughts on, on Bristol Dirt? I would definitely race Bristol Dirt. I, I did dirt racing for like four or five years growing up. So it was definitely something that I would love to do if I got the opportunity to do it. I mean, the Xfinity cars don't race it, so I'd have to go race a truck or something like that uh, to do it. But it's definitely something that I want to try. And I think it's uh, it's different from a regular short track because it's on dirt, but it is still has some of the short track stuff. And the final question here, this or that, what, what movie is your favorite? Cars, Talladega Nights, or Days of Thunder? Uh, Talladega Nights would be mine. I think that's, Connor, I, I believe that's the first, he's the first one to say that, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's a lot of been, yeah. I Days think of Thunder had like a, an eight guest streak. We ask these questions to every guest we have on. Talladega Nights has had quite a streak going, or not Talladega Nights, Days of Thunder. So you might have broken the streak. Um, all right. Finally, where can you be found on social media? Any sponsors you want to shout out, anything like that? Where can people listening find you, watch you race as you talked earlier, and, and what sponsors should they support? Uh, you can find me at Parker Retzloff Racing on Facebook. Uh, my Instagram is just Parker Retzloff, uh, Parker79P on Twitter. And then I just have to thank Ponzi and Absolute Realtors, Iron Horse Loggers. They've been the biggest supporter of my career. And uh, everyone else that's on board, Northern Chill Water and EcoTracks. And everyone else who supports me from watching the races to being marketing partners for me. What does uh, Ponzi do? Uh, it's a forestry equipment. So they have harvesters and forwarders. So it's all logging equipment. Really, really cool. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, uh, Parker. And uh, good luck this weekend at Martinsville. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Coming up next, Connor and I will preview the racing at Martinsville as well as a fantasy segment. That's all coming up next on the Quick Pit Podcast.
Quick Pit Podcast. You made it to the third and final segment of this week's show. Uh, Connor and I have decided that it's not good for uh, for us to record in person because we get into too many arguments. Uh, I think it, I think it's good. I think it makes the, the the podcast interesting. Let us know if you'd rather have us be sterile and boring and monotonous instead of yelling at each other across the table, Connor. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, let us know. But anyway, <laughs> moving into Martinsville this weekend for the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 400, 400 laps, 210 wow. miles. Full length of the Saturday day. night, racing under the lights, 7.30, April 9th, Saturday. Don't miss it. It's on FS1, not Fox. Um, oh, well. Looks like those people are going to have to use free trials to get the FS1. No, actually, actually, we, we got cable for a month. To, to watch the first couple of weeks of the Phillies season. so Oh, that's good. Oh, we're good. We're all good. Oh, but on Friday, April 8th, practice will be at 4.30. Won't be watching it. We'll be watching hey, the baseball home opener. We have trucks at, on Thursday. We have Xfinity on Friday and Cup on Saturday. All night races and each day. Well, Saturday is just the race, but Thursday and Friday there's practice and qualifying all throughout the day as well. Yeah. It's going to be a good, good weekend for racing. Also, you could. Oh wait, I'm not gonna say anything because uh, I'll get a new nickname. Never mind. Um. Cup practice is at 4:30 on Friday, followed by 15, 5:15 qualifying. Your track information: Martinsville, Virginia, built in 1947. Short track paves, uh, 0.53 miles long, and caution speed will be 35 miles per hour. All on Saturday at 7:30 on FS1. All right, let's look at some drivers who have been very, very good at Martinsville. Uh, Connor, uh, you want to start? Alex Bowman. He You're... doesn't even have a win here, Connor. Is he? Are you? Oh. oh are you? Do you not remember the hack incident? <laughs> you don't remember the hack incident. Oh, no. The best no. incident last year. Oh. Alex Bowman won your last week. Last year's race here uh, by Dumpy Denny Hamill, which was absolutely phenomenal. Great work by Alex Bowman, but um, hopefully he does it again and hopefully he gets another win. I mean, it should be fun to watch. I think I should be tipped off for that. <laughs> I agree. Uh, All right. Well, next week, Eric and Connor will bring... Actually, Eric by himself <laughs> will bring you the podcast because Connor's going to be out next week. Uh, and I have been kicked off for... Ow! How yeah, did I um, do that? You are. You might have to get the suspended list for a I think lack of knowledge, but I think this episode will have three or four clips in our end of the year, end of the year episode. Probably on our Google Sheet, we we'll just put this whole podcast. Yeah, listen back through, whole but. thing. Listen back through. Find all the, the best five clips. Anyway, so yes, Alex Bowman has a win. He has four top tens, one top five. Only ten laps led here. Uh, average finish of 14.4. Uh, here, Connor, I'll turn you the laptop so you can read some of them. Martin Truex Jr. in the last 10 races, three wins, seven top fives, eight top tens. Average finish of 6.2, and he's led 818 laps. Uh, most points overall out of any drivers in the field over that span. So, if Martin Truex Jr. is not in your lineup, you are crazy. So, keep putting him in. I mean, the track is named after him, for mm-hmm. Pete's sake. So, uh, who else, Connor? Kurt Busch, Rakitsovsky, Logano, Blaney, the Penske boys pretty much. Harvick and Elliott are also good ones to put in your lineup or at least uh, give a thought into putting in your lineup. Also, Kurt Busch, Bowman, as we mentioned, Raddick, Bell, Byron. All, Don't read of, the whole your, list, Connor. all of your top 
drivers are uh, ones that you should definitely think about putting in. Maybe give some guys that, I mean, I've used Ryan Blaney a lot. I think I need to give him a week off here. So um, probably won't see Ryan Blaney in my lineup this week, but um, you could definitely put Ryan Blaney in yours. So, I mean, those are just the top, top end drivers. And I do want to mention, um, I'm not getting suspended next week. Uh, for what I've said on the podcast, I'm going on vacation, so don't let, don't let Ethan say you next tell you next week that I that I'm gonna, I got suspended or anything. For your Ty Gibbs opinions. All right, Ethan, for your forgetting about the hack incident. But I am going to Florida, so um, I will be going through Monday through Saturday. So I'll be back on race day um, for Bristol on Easter Sunday. But uh, I will be in New York for. Instagram is probably a little bit slow, um, so I'm the one that runs it. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll. Uh, I'm not getting kicked off. I know Eric will fill in greatly, so yeah. just, it'll probably be Eric. Um, if not, it'll be someone else. But we'll have someone else on, um, or we'll just make Connor zoom in from the beach. Um, if Eric can't do it, Ethan, just record yourself. I'm tired of you picking people and arguing about if is NASCAR a sport. Um, that happened a year ago, Connor. You're just piling on at this point. We are we are not bringing that episode up. That I've considered. I have never... <laughs> I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to... Oh... You know what? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to say yeah for now. Look, look over on our Twitter, then. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, I can take those tweets down. <laughs> no, you can't. That's mean. I'll just put it on Instagram then. That, if there's any episode that I've ever considered taking down, it's that one. It's so, great. It's absolutely great. I would go recommend it. Link will be in the description. Link will be in the description. Uh, now that I said it, Ethan can't just not put it there because he'll be looking for it. So, Ethan, put that link in the description. I'm a good sport. I'll put it in. But brace yourself for, for awfulness. It, it, it was bad. Um, let's, uh... Yeah, Eric's got his picking. So um, you want to jump to fantasy first, or actually, because of the way we're recording this, we should just do this uh, now and then go to fantasy. Yes. All right. So uh, Eric's pick is Ryan Blaney, which I think is a very good one. He's run there very well recently, but um, I, I like that pick. I, I I do think that's that's a very good idea. Oh, series pick. That is interesting. Okay. Um, hold on. Let me let me pull this up first. Um, so, Eric's pick, Ryan Blaney. Series pick is the 45 of Kurt Busch, which I think could be a very intriguing pick. Um, I think he'd have a decent shot at winning that thing. I mean, he's won there in the past, and I, I think Kurt Busch, that could be track that if they're a bit behind on equipment, that Kurt Busch could make up with talent. All right, Connor, who is your pick? My pick is the one and only, the best driver in the field um, at Martinsville, Martin Trucks Jr. That's who I'm going to go with. Um, easy layup. Need to get on the board. Need to get uh, even with Ethan. All right, I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. He's had a good amount of speed recently, and so I, I think he breaks through, gets another win, finished second here uh, in the spring race last year. So Chase Elliott is my pick for Martinsville. Now let's bump it over to Eric for the fantastic fantasy segment. He'll get you all ready for your fantasy for this weekend at Martinsville on the Quick Pit Podcast. 
Let's jump over there right now. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Quick Pit Podcast fantasy segment. Unfortunately, as you can probably tell, Eric is not able to do it this week. So Connor and I are filling in here quick. Before we get started with our uh, recommendations, our picks for this weekend at Martinsville, let's look at the standings. And right now, you know what? We haven't done a full standings update in a while. So in 11th place, we have Ty Dillon, 42, with 802 points. In 10th place, ND Arms 04 at 832 points. In ninth place, Isubia Erickton at 948 points. In eighth place, Gralafan 50 at 981 points. In seventh, NGPG YouTube at 1064 points. In sixth place, we have Eric uh, Zents 2K at 1123. Fifth place, we've got me, uh, host Ethan. <laughs> at 11.35, then Matthew Camper in fourth at 11.67, Green Flag Fetish in third at 11.75, Year of the Rowdy at 11.80, and our points leader still so far this year is Club 17, your uh, host, Connor, leading the points at 11.97. How does it feel to for this to be your last week leading the points? Well, feels great to keep leading the points, and I'm planning on leading them for the rest of the year. Um, and, Ethan, your mom and Kaz Grala fan, uh, you know, she's close to you. Um, What happens if your mom beats you in your own fantasy set, fantasy, online fantasy live uh, league? What happens if your mom beats you, the host of it, the owner of it? I mean – if she starts getting close, I'm not going. I'm not going to answer any of her questions. I still think she would beat you. Anyway, <laughs> I had a great week. I mean, I so out of the most drivers who scored the most points through stages and finish, I had Ryan Blaney who had the second most points, Chris Rebell had third most points, William Byron had fourth most points, and then Bush and Ross Chastain who had seventh and eighth most points. So I had a great week, and I'm um, looking forward to making another great week here in Martinsville, which we need to get into. Right now, on what who you should put in your lineup, who you shouldn't put in your lineup, an underdog that maybe could get away with a really good finish and save you a driver. And I know I had to save Ryan Blaney. Was I've only used him four times so far, so I need a I need to give him a week off here. So I will not. You will not see Ryan Blaney in my lineup to give him a rest week. But I mean, I think the main driver that you should definitely put in is Martin Truex Jr. Has won three of the last ten races here and is kind of known as the owner of Martinsville. I mean, he's um, so good at these short track races, and I think he's going to be up there at the end competing for the win. So I think Martin Trucks Jr. is a for sure driver that you need to put in your lineup. I am going to say Ryan Blaney, even though you're not putting him in, Ryan Blaney is definitely one to give a look as he, in the last 10 races, average finish of 9.1. He's got the fourth most points scored over the last 10 races five top fives, six top tens, and 372 lap sleds. So he's out front a lot. And so I, I would go with Ryan Blaney as one of my drivers to definitely put in my lineup this week. Yeah, he's a, he's one of the hottest drivers in the field right now. Is actually tied with Chase Elliott for the points lead after this week. I would also look at Kyle Busch. Has a couple of wins here. Um, back in 2018, he actually swept both races. So... I mean, I think Kyle Busch, I think your Gibbs guys and 
in Penske and HMS. Alex Bowman won here in the fall in the uh, round of eight uh, elimination race. So I think really your main teams are good good drivers, but um, Kyle Busch and Martin Truex and Ryan Blaney are some of those top drivers that definitely need to be in lineup unless you're me and I, you just need a, that driver to take a break. Ethan, who's a guy if, if they're, you know, Ryan Blaney needs a week off, who's an underdog that could pop, maybe slide in there? Well, I, I had another favorite to pick, and I was going to say Chase Elliott because he's he's been very strong here in the last couple of years. 718 laps led in the last 10 races. Average, average finish of 10 points. 10.8. He's got to win five top fives, 10 top, or seven top tens. But my underdog this week is uh, Brad Keselowski. And, and when you look at the stats, um, you you might not you might say Ethan he's been great here the last couple of years. Uh, why is he an underdog? And that's because he's driving for RFK. But uh, and, and I know personally, I don't think I've used Brad in my lineup yet this year, except maybe at Daytona. But you know, he he's not in as good of a car as he was in those previous ten races at Martinsville. But in those races, two two wins. Eight top fives, nine top tens, second most points scored during that span. Average finish of 6.7. He's the second best driver over that span. And so because Martinsville, you don't need as much mechanical speed. You can make up for it with skill. And because he's desperate and, you know, which means he'll either crash or he'll have a really good run. I think Brad Kozlowski is a worthy uh, underdog to take. I think that qualifies him as an underdog at this point. Yeah, and they're coming off a RFK as a whole is coming off a great weekend at Richmond. So they're coming we're riding the wave, and I think that's a great underdog pick. My underdog pick is another Toyota, but not in the Gibbs camp, but in the 23X1 camp of Bubba Wallace. Has had a has a, had a couple good runs here. And I think if he has if he they hit the car good and they have a good week weekend going in with practice and qualifying, I could definitely see them up up towards the front for most of the day and the, you know. Who knows, if you're up front in the race, you could definitely back into a win, like back into Bowman or back into Hamlin now after he only led five laps and won Richmond. But that's in the past mirror. So I would definitely look at Bubba Wallace as an underdog driver for 23X1. And maybe 23X1 as a whole, because Kurt Busch um, is at veteran and, you know, had some trouble last week, but could definitely get up there and be competing for the win at the end of the day. So I think those 23X1 might be those guys that might have a really good weekend here in Martinsville. All right, for someone who might struggle, I'm going to go with Kyle Larson because over the last eight races that he's run at Martinsville, an average finish of 19.1, only two top tens, and only 106 laps left. Overall, he's just he's just kind of whelming at, mm-hmm. at, at Martinsville. He's not very good there, and so I think I would avoid using Kyle Larson in my lineup this week. Who are, who are you going to avoid besides Ryan Blaney for, for usage reasons, but who, who do you think won't perform this weekend? Um, I, th- I think the stored Haas camp is going to have a sh- tough weekend. Um, not, not necessarily that they won't be up front at parts of the race. I just don't think they're going to be some of the favorites. So I've, if I've used up Kevin Harvick, I feel like Kevin Harvick might have a down week, even though he's there last year, they just seem to kind of have, I don't know. It just, I don't, I think they're going to have a, I think they're going to struggle this weekend here in Martinsville. So kind of that gut feeling, I would kind of, I think um, there's the other three powerhouse teams are a little bit better here than they are. So I would definitely um, look towards the other three major teams than I was at Storehouse Racing. 
All right. That will do it for our fantasy segment. Make sure you go check it out. I, I know we're about a, uh, probably about a quarter of the way through the season at this point, but join, have some fun. Uh, see if you can and maybe outscore some races. You probably will not catch us at this point, but you never know. You never know. We could all forget our lineups one week and you could make up some big ground, but come go check that out. Look for quick pit podcast on the NASCAR fantasy live app. And as for Connor and I, we will see you next week or Eric will be talking to you next week for the fantasy live segment. And uh, let's throw it back over to Connor and I to close the show out. And we are back. Thank you once again to Eric for that fantastic fantasy segment. And unfortunately, you've reached the end of this week's show in which we had a lot of fun with this one. I think we need to record in person more often. Let us know on Twitter if, who, who you side with uh, on the Ty Gibbs debate. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and otherwise, Connor, who's our Instagram sponsor this week? Uh, quick, um, Circle B Diecast, Flamey Sales. Use our promo code QuickPit. I will... I'm sorry, I've promoted them on Instagram, but I will not be saying their name here on the show because it's just when you're a rival of a team, you gotta do good drastic matter, uh, methods and measures and whatever else you want to call it. But I mean, I Circle B Diecast Plan B Sales gets you yes. and some of the best merchandise out there on the internet and use our promo code QuickPit, all caps, no spaces, uh, to get free shipping back to your house and order $20 or more. So. Uh, no brainer helps us out and helps uh, you out. Yes, and of course, as I've been trying to get him to say the last month, and he will not. I will. I haven't been able to trick him into doing it yet. Uh, Washington on the daily on Instagram. Go check him out as well as Trendy Football. That's at uh, hold on at Trendy F B A L L. Uh, follow both of them at WSH on the daily and at Trendy F B A L L. Uh, Trendy Football on Instagram. Two fantastic football Instagram accounts, fan accounts, get you all the news you need, keep you updated on your stories. Great, great accounts to, to go follow. And uh, yeah, so thank you. All the links will be in the description with that podcast is NASCAR Sport with <sighs> Ethan's great friend. So um, we are, uh, that will be in the description. Go listen to that after, well, now, because this one's no, ending up. So do not want just, to. just go listen to it. Links in the description for all of that. And we will see you guys next shoot, week. Shoot, shoot, shoot. My mom listens now, so she's going to hear that one. <laughs> That's great. More, more, <laughs> more views and listens. That, no, that, no, 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 th- no, thank no, you. no, no. Thank you, Ethan's no. mom. Thank okay. you, thank you, Ethan's mom. <laughs> thank you. Thank you once again to Parker Ritzlaff for coming on the show for an interview. Uh, Thank you for listening, everyone, and we will see you next week on the Quick Pit Podcast.